You're listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap from the SBS newsroom for this Friday, the 2nd of September 2022. Uh, later, how China's latest lockdown is impacting the share market. But first to interest rates, where the Reserve Bank is tipped to lift the official cash rate from 1.85% to 2.35% next week. That'll have implications for your mortgage. So what can you do about it? Earlier, I spoke with Sally Tyndall from Rate City. Sally, the RBA is expected to lift official interest rates next week by 50 basis points. What will that do to the average mortgage? Well, for someone with a $500,000 mortgage, they're looking at an increase to their monthly repayments of $144. But of course, this won't be the first rate hike. We've already had four under our belt. So in total, that person who had $500,000 start of the hikes, they're going to see their monthly increases increase, sorry, monthly repayments increase in total by $614. That's $614 extra that they have to pay on their mortgage, not just in one month, but month after month after month with more rate hikes likely down the pipeline. Yeah. So to what extent are we likely to see more rate hikes and by how much? And what will that mean for borrowers? Well, the RBA is almost certainly going to have to keep moving the cash rate north for a couple of reasons. Firstly, we're nowhere near yet the neutral cash rate. They've indicated it's around 2.5%. So while we're well over the halfway point with the rate hikes, there is still more to come. ANZ, for example, they're forecasting that the cash rate could hit 3.35% by December. Why so much higher than the neutral cash rate that the RBA has flagged? Well, the inflation is uh, continuing to rise despite the RBA's best efforts. We, the latest forecasts have inflation hitting almost 8% by Christmas. They've got a big job to do ahead of them. They're really going to need to keep their foot on the floor when it comes to hiking the cash rate. How well placed are consumers to meet these rising repayments? Well, consumers up to this point have been able to take them in their stride. In fact, the data that has come through has been surprising. Unemployment has now dropped down to 3.4% despite the cash rate hikes. Uh, You've got retail sales, they're still on the rise. That was a surprise result in July where we saw it rise by well over 1%. Um, And then household deposits, the the amount of money that we've got in the bank that's at a new record high. So you, looking at that data, it shows that people are taking them in their strides, but there will reach a point where people start making significant cutbacks in their budget. I do think some families have already started making those significant cutbacks in their budget. At the same time, though, some banks are cutting variable rates. Can you explain to what extent and why are they doing it? Yes, well, it's an interesting thing. It's like the loyal customer always gets the raw end of the deal. This is just, you know, we saw CBA today, they they cut their lowest variable rate for new customers. This is just one piece of mounting water evidence that we have that new customers are on better rates than existing ones. Why? Well, because refinancing is at a near record high. Uh, The latest data shows that there was 
$17.9 billion worth of uh, loans refinanced in the month of July alone. That's a huge pot of money and banks are all vying for a slice of it. Uh, so if they can put on attractive rates for new customers, it's a good way to be on the winning end of a refinancing deal as opposed to the losing end. And finally, though, are there still good deals for borrowers out there in this environment or do, do banks hold all the power? Oh, absolutely not. Consumers, uh, mortgage holders, they still hold some of the power if they're willing to, you know, go that extra mile to haggle with their bank for a better rate or ideally refinance to a uh, to a bank that's willing to offer them significantly less. If you look at the sums, you know, for the average mortgage holder with a $500,000 mortgage, they could potentially save uh, north of $10,000 in the first two years of refinancing if they can find a cracking rate to refinance to. And let me tell you, banks are falling over themselves to offer not just discounts to new customers, but also perks such as cash back. Uh, we're seeing them increase as well. Sally Tindall there from Rate City. From interest rates, let's go to the share market now. The 200 falling today by 0.25%, 6,828. For more, I spoke earlier with Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets. Well, it's, uh, it's been a, a bit of an up and down day for many sectors. We're seeing weakness mostly in the materials sector. So some pretty sharp falls overnight in the prices of commodities, particularly iron ore, down about 8% uh, in the US dollar price. It's down another 3% in Shanghai as we speak. And uh, copper, again, a key industrial metal, uh, also lower. So the likes of uh, BHP, uh, Rio, Fortescue, all down around about 2% today. Uh, Contrasting that as it tends to happen sometimes, Ricardo, banks are stronger. So it's you know, sometimes one or the other. They're generally up by around about 1%. Uh, and the defensive sectors are uh, very much stronger today. So healthcare and your staples as well. So companies like CSL, Endeavour Group, Woolworths up. So it just looks like investors moving away from uh, sort of the riskier end of the market, the cyclical end of the market that's more exposed to world growth uh, and trying to stash some money in the more defensive end of the market, maybe uh, scalp a bit of yield as well in some of those banks. It'll be a busy week next week economically. We've got the RBA meeting and some GDP numbers. Uh, what's the market expecting and how's that likely to play through to the share market? Yeah, so RBA meeting on Tuesday, three meetings left for this year. So no, uh, not a lot of uh, you know opportunity to, to right the rudder in terms of getting rates back to what they are calling neutral. We're expecting a 50 basis point hike. Uh, on Tuesday. I think the market's pretty convinced of that now. And most market participants now actually looking for about 3% by the end of the year. So if you sort of do the maths, we've got, we'll have, um, we'll be at 2.35% Tuesday, another 65 basis points the RBA will probably go uh, before we get to the end of the year. Yeah, and uh, the GDP numbers also looking quite interesting in terms of the huge range of spreads of uh, estimates that I've seen come across my desk this week, anywhere from about 0.5% growth for the second quarter to the end of June, up to around about 2% growth. So we could see anywhere between sort of 3 and 4.5% uh, annualised growth. Uh, and it's just a reflection of uh, how uncertain uh, things are now and how tough it is to predict some of these uh, big economic numbers at the moment. Okay, the, the US dollar is at a two-decade high against global currencies, right? What are your thoughts on the currency market at the moment? 
Yeah, well, a little bit uh, currency wars at the moment. It's a little bit of a race to the bottom. So uh, Jerome Powell has uh, sort of tacitly voiced his uh, concern that the US is doing most of the heavy lifting in terms of jacking up those interest rates to fight inflation. Uh, Many of the other central banks are either lagging or unwilling or unable to get rates up because of their own respective economic situations, particularly in Europe where their economy is uh, very weak and Japan where they are struggling uh, to get any traction as well. So typically what happens is if you have a higher yield or your central bank is offering a higher yield to investors, it does attract uh, investors to your currency and therefore away from other currencies. So as you say, uh, 20-year highs, uh, near 20-year highs on the euro, 25-year highs on the yen. Uh, it's not so bad for the countries uh, who have weaker currencies, however, because it does make their exports more attractive uh, on, a, on a global scale. It does uh, help their economies. And that's why I think many of those central banks are lagging behind. But as I, as I said, uh, not good potentially for the US economy, uh, US equities as well. And uh, yeah, lawmakers uh, and central bankers over there are pretty frustrated by uh, what's going on. And other things that impact our share market, not just uh, interest rates, but China, there are new lockdown measures in the country. Um, is this something the market's worried about at the moment? Yeah, look, this is one of the, I think, the key worries for investors at the moment, particularly, obviously, located here in Australia. We're such a big consumer, uh, I should say, China is such a big consumer of our raw materials, uh, iron ore, uh, copper, and a great deal of our energy as well. So if the Chinese economy is struggling, there you can draw a direct line back to the Australian economy in my home state over here in WA in particular, uh, is a, a massive uh, employer locally and a massive uh, source uh, of, of our state's uh, growth and uh, the growth uh, more generally for Australia. So uh, it is concerning to see, as I said earlier, prices of iron ore down 8% in a session, just such a, a great indicator of uh, the nerves around this uh, Chinese uh, economic growth outlook, which has been downgraded time and time over the last 12 months to its lowest in about uh, three or four decades. Uh, so it's definitely something we want, we want to keep on our radars. Uh, and see, the, the other thing is materials companies like your BHP, uh, your Fortescue, uh, I'm thinking even Min Resources. A lot of those um, share prices have been quite high recently because of these juicy dividends that these companies have been paying uh, because of those supersized profits. Uh, BHP has gone X, Min Resources went X today, and then we've got Fortescue going X on Monday. The risk is that uh, these prices have been kept artificially high because of these dividends and may now start to respond uh, to the downside as a result of these weaker Chinese growth concerns. I know there's too much there's too 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 much in there, isn't there? But anyway, cut cut it, slice it, dice it. <laughs> Carl Kapalinga there from Think Markets. This SBS on the Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. Content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.